No Player Connected. Today we aren't playing Soma with the lovely Trash Mac, who you might remember from the Dwarf Fortress episode, where they told us the horrors of Australian children's books. Mac, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Yourself, how are you doing? I'm great. I stuffed my face uh, right before we started recording, so... Love that. Yeah. We're in Soma today. The most pleasant of places. Yeah, it's it's a real. It, I'm I'm practically skipping around my room right now and throwing uh, flower petals in the air. Oh, I can picture it. Mac, can you can you tell people who aren't familiar with Soma what what is this game? So uh, Soma is a survival horror. Apparently, that's what they they call it. Uh, a horror game in general, a spooky walking simulator. I think I would call it. <laughs> uh, by Frictional Games, and that's the same team that made Amnesia the Dark Descent. So we already know going into it that the atmosphere is going to be on point. Uh, it came out in 2015, so been around the block a few times. You play as Simon Jarrett, who was in a car accident, and he sustained severe brain damage. Yeah, looking at months to live. It's not great, so it was a bit of a last resort. He says, yeah, I'm going to undergo this experimental brain scan and they're going to help fix me and it's going to be great. So you go in, you sit down in the chair, the thing comes down over your head and, you know, it's apparently just like taking a picture, just a snapshot of, of your brain. Yeah. The picture is taken, the hood lifts up, you are not in Kansas anymore and you've got to figure out what's going on. Yeah, and by not in Kansas anymore, like, dingy, shitty, like, lab, devoid of any life or activity, really? At least yeah. initially? Yeah, a shittier lab than the one you walked into at the start. I gotta admit, when I first went into, like, the building where you do the scan, I'm like, why is this under construction? Uh, <laughs> this is sketchy as all hell. What is going on? What do you mean I'm part of some guy's thesis? What? And so, you know, it wasn't that much of a jump to wake up in a rusted metal box with flashing lights and black ooze dripping from the ceiling. If anything, it was probably a bit of an upgrade. Yeah, I was going to say, it seems a little bit more professional. I think so. I think so. Do we just dive into spoilers immediately? Because, like, there's a lot of big things. Like, the big twist is pretty early on. So you wake up in this chair in this room wondering what's going on. You break through a window to get out of the room because the door's locked and you start searching this facility to try and figure out where am I, what's going on, what's happening, I don't understand any of this. And there's this heavy atmosphere of something is very, very wrong with this place. Besides, you know, how everything looks, the, the sounds of metal creaking and you can hear something shuffling around out there. You don't know what it is, but there's, there's something out there with you. You eventually make it to an office where there's this robot on the, on the floor and you're like, what? <laughs> it's making noises at you and breathing and like okay that's a bit weird but all right so you sort of figure out messing around you figure out you've got to unplug it to get the power up and going they unplug one of the leads and it it's like it's it, it begs you not to do it it makes it like it asks you to stop and you're like what hey what hang okay bit weird not gonna think about it too much unplug it completely 
and it, you know, cries at you again, says it was happy. You try not to think about it too much and get the power up and going again. And this voice comes on through the radio of this chick who you learn is Catherine. And you try to talk to her and ask what's going on, but she's like, I, uh, I, things are a bit messed up. Uh, Realize we're dropping. Look, can you just come to the communication room? And you're like, okay, all right, I can do that. So you progress a little further. And basically, as you're progressing through the game and meeting people and finding things out, I suppose a broad summary is shit's fucked and you got to <laughs> save humanity. But is it real? Yeah, I was going to say the fact, even the fact that you said you're meeting people and you have to save humanity... I I believe some people would disagree with you. Oh, I would disagree with myself. <gasps> For those who haven't played it, I'd say here on out, if you haven't played it, go play it yeah. and then come back. Pause this uh, on your phone or on another monitor or wherever you have it on your uh, Samsung smart TV. Pause it and then go play it and then come back and unpause it and keep going because shit's about to get wild. The NSA guy that's listening in on me right now, you need to leave your station, go mm -hmm. play Soma. Because it's, yep. it's a phenomenal game yes. with some unhinged twists and turns that, I don't know, there's a lot of gut punches in this game for me. Mm. I wholeheartedly agree, and I, I wouldn't want to spoil that for anybody, so go no. go do that. Yeah, I, I, have, I have a question for you. For me, Mr. interviewer, yes. What did you think when you first woke up and you're trying to figure out what was going on? What did you think was happening? What was your first thought of? I thought. What is this? See, I I think I had little bits of the story spoiled for me, but even then, I didn't quite know what was happening, and I thought maybe I got, like, one of those, like, cryogenically frozen type things where, like, oh, maybe they froze me, maybe they scooped my brain out, and now I'm in the future. Because you... Okay, spoiler alert here. Like, I think you find out pretty quickly. Very that, quickly. Yeah, that the... Well, I was going to say the circumstances surrounding the Earth, that the Earth got wrecked and everybody either died or... Uh, is underwater and i was like oh maybe i'm just a like little brain in a jar or something i don't know what happened exactly but yeah but you you find out pretty quickly what you actually are do i say it do, do we finally broach the, the um, elephant in the room well i i when i played through it and i first woke up my immediate thought was oh this is all a simulation oh because it, it talks about that you know, this is a brain scan and what it's going to do with your brain is, you know, run it through all these possibilities and we'll find the one that fits your brain and then we'll dial it in and it'll be fixed, you'll be cured, you'll be fine. So I sort of thought going into this, because I did go into it blind, that what we've woken up in is like this representation, a virtual representation of his mind that we're traversing through because he's had a brain injury everything's fucked um yeah. all these people are distorted images of well robots they're distorted images of what's going on and you've got to go through and find the problem and fix it so to speak that's that's what my initial thought was and even though it's sort of shown to you relatively quickly that it's this is real this is this is very much real what's happening yeah 
it still takes a few more pieces to slot into place before it, it, it settles home. Like the first box that falls into place that something isn't quite right is when you reach that communication room and it caves in and you don't drown. Your yeah. vision flashes and suddenly you're in a, a suit and I'm like, oh, okay, so I'm in a wetsuit now. That's cool. Don't know what to think about that. Uh, maybe it's just my brain doing things and continue on. And then you meet Catherine. Yeah, and is she the one that breaks the news to you? Sort of. She doesn't, like, flat out say it. She just says, like, you say, you're you're, you're just a robot. And she's like, well, <laughs> you're just a, an, an eye circuit uh, stuffed in a wetsuit my guy or your camera in a wetsuit you'll be, you'll be not much different to me and you're like what and i think you find a mirror and you look at yourself in the mirror like it's yes. not a thing that you have to do but you know you stumble across it and you're like oh shit i'm a robot but <laughs> there it's we worse go. than that we finally said it i just <laughs> it's worse than that though because you're not just a robot you're a zombie yeah you're a zombie robot and also your brain scans are like the foundation, right? Mm -hmm. For all of this like weird technology where people- Yeah, you're a legacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah like people's, people's minds have been copied over into robots and robot bodies. But yeah, you're the legacy scan. Like there's potentially a bunch of you, quote unquote, out there that people have used to, like, study and develop this tech. Yes, so David Munchie, the guy that did the scan originally, who was just a fucking grad student fucking around with your head, um, went on to basically help develop AI. And you find, if you go digging, that there's a couple of legacy scans that are basically like the default setting, you know, in a lot of these AIs and things, just to make sure everything's working, everything's running. Once you find Catherine and you find out, oh, fuck, shit, I'm a robot, and you find out the world has been destroyed, there's nothing left up there, <laughs> and the only thing left that we can do is there was a the Project Arc, or the Arc Project, and you've got to get this arc into a giant gun and shoot it into space where quote-unquote humanity will go on indefinitely because on this arc are scans of all the people that were in pathos well not everyone but a lot of the people that were in pathos too which is where you are at this underground research facility yeah. and all these scans are on the arc and you know gameplay loop is get from point a to point b get the arc to the gun, shoot it into space. Have an existential crisis along the way. <laughs> yeah, because you're a you're a robot zombie man. Mm -hmm. Before they brought the the arc down uh, underwater, deep underwater, did they let like people above ground get scanned too? I don't believe so. I believe oh. the arc is a project that happened after the world ended. Oh, so Catherine was kind of bored you know um they can't they've lost all access to the above ground world they're all stuck down here and so it was it was originally a pet project but after the impact happened it's like well how can we help try and save humanity 
let's do this. Let's try and put these brain scans into something and shoot it off into space. And it's packed with satellites and stuff. It'll run indefinitely once it's up there. I mean, not satellites, solar panels. But something happened towards the end where it should be in space, but it isn't. Yeah, uh, there's a little hang-up uh, in this <laughs> this lovely little uh, ambitious scientific endeavor to, to turn our brains into NFTs or whatever. Pretty much. The, the yucky slime. Oh, is it called the WoW? Oh, the WoW? The WoW yeah. is, is, is the AI. Yes. So this whole base is run by the WoW, who is uh, a uh, artificial intelligence that sort of supports all of the life systems and, and such. And that's what its job was before the impact event, is just keep everyone alive, keep everything ticking over, it'll be fine. And then the impact event happened and the WoW's main directive, yeah. only directive, is keep humanity alive but being a robot an artificial intelligence whatever you want to call it it doesn't have a very strong or any definition of what humanity is and what it means to be alive so a lot of the creatures and victims that you see as you journey through pathos 2 are the wow's attempts to save humanity to keep it alive by any means possible and it's up to you the player as you go through the game to question what you believe humanity to be, what your uh, morals are. Why does one thing count as human and alive and another thing doesn't? And the game, as you play through it, throws more and different scenarios at you to make you question yourself, to make you try and... It doesn't really make you try and do anything. It, it makes you watch and it makes you think about it. But yeah, yeah it, doesn't, it doesn't offer too many options, I guess. It gives you options. There are a few options, but they are impactful options. But those options that you make absolutely have no impact on the end of the game. Yeah, yeah. It's all to do with the player and making you just question everything. It doesn't matter what you've, decision you've made once you've made it to the game, but to you, as you come across the next situation that the game puts in front of you, you question your previous ones to make you go, well, shit, what should I have done something different? What makes this situation different than that situation? It's a lot of thinking and a lot of what is humanity, what is being alive, what is living to you. Yeah, because the, the WoW takes two different approaches, I think you could say, when it comes to preserving humanity. Maybe even three, you could say. You have the the scans of people that it keeps putting in different robots. I think technically the WoW is what pops your little disc yes. into the body that you start out with. So the WoW makes your your current version of yourself uh, but then it also like forcibly like keeps people basically on this weird life support so you you run into people who've got like tubes and wires running into them and it's keeping them alive in like basically a immobile vegetative state and you also see like these monsters basically that have been filled with the somatic gel which it can then used to reanimate dead bodies or keep alive living ones but it usually causes some sort of disgusting like mutation and so you've got robots that think they're people 
people that have mutated into monsters. I'd say there's some things that are kind of in a gray area between. And the WoW is just like, yep, I'm doing my job. Humanity yep. is alive and isn't going to die anytime soon while I'm on watch. It's breathing in and out. That's, that's, we got it going. This is it. Uh, amazing. Yeah, employee of the month material. Absolutely. I think the first time you you run into like that situation of kind of starting to realize what's going on is when you run into Semkin. Yeah, Carl Semkin is who you run into first. And as a robot, it's like, kid, shit, man, can you help me? And you're like, what? Yeah, yeah, can you help me out? I'm injured down here. You're a, you're a robot. The fuck you on about? No, I'm not. See, this is my hand. I'm waving it at you. Go yeah. get help. And you're like, um, okay. And you you move a little further on to be like, okay, there's power around here somewhere. I need power. And then you find Carl's actual body. And you're like, whoa, uh, huh? <laughs> and you don't, you meet it first in that first robot you see who you unplug. Um, yeah. But this one actually is, is talking to you and, and thinks that they're a human, that they're alive, which is kind of what's happening in Simon's brain as well. Simon's brain is completely shutting off the fact that they're a zombie in a suit and (laughs) shutting off information that they get and basically to prevent themselves from going batshit crazy. One of the moments that kind of where I was like, oh, hold on, I think I know what's happening here. You mentioned the whole like a room, like, what is it? It collapses, fills mm-hmm. with water or whatever. And you're like, oh, I'm in a suit. And I, I had this recorded. I saved this from my stream last year. He, Simon's walking in a dark hallway and I say out loud, God, I wish I had a flashlight. And then a flashlight just appears and Simon says, oh, where did that come from? I had a flashlight this whole time. And yeah, his brain is just filtering out like, hey, bro, you're a robot. Because like you said, yeah, he. I think once he, once he realizes it, you get an explanation from Catherine that like, yeah, if it sinks in and you think about it too much, you're going to go, you're going to go fucking crazy. Um, and I think that happens to some of the denizens of this Place. I'm not entirely sure. I know there's one that hunts you down towards the middle and that was a person, but they weren't necessarily put into a robot zombie. They were just left, they decided to stay behind and went a bit crazy on their own and probably ate some structure gel, <laughs> ripped out their own eyes and then mutated. I was thinking of one of the little floaty robots and it's like singing to itself and saying some kind of unusual stuff. Oh, where yeah. I'm like, this, I think this guy kind of figured it out eventually and has probably snapped. Uh, there's the, the Dunbat. When you have to power the Dunbat oh. to get down into the, uh, the deeper levels of Pathos, uh, it turns out the WoW's stuck another, you know, brain scan in there, and as soon as you power it up and it wakes up, it goes batshit. It immediately knows what's happening and pretty much kills itself. I thought it just goes into the water and zips away. I don't think it zips away. I I know it goes absolute batshit. Yeah. Yeah, regardless of what happens afterwards, I... That's one of the scenes that stuck with me the most because it's such a visceral, like, oh, God, I'm a 
monstrosity or whatever. Like, what the fuck happened to me? Oh, no, it does drop into the water, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm a submarine! Ah! Ah, and then it, it runs off and you're just you know, probably goes crazy and who knows. I think it really depends on the person and to how they respond to it. Like, Catherine knows. She knows what's going on, but she's fine with it. At one point in the game, you have to get a code from someone and everybody's dead, so how are we going to get this code? You find a brain scan of one of the employees and you upload it into a program and basically Catherine attempts to talk to him to get the code out, but he realises very quickly that this isn't the arc. He doesn't know where he is and the stress levels go high and the software shuts off and you have to go through trial and error to try and trick him into telling you this code so you can move on. And it sort of makes you question as to, are you just bringing this guy back to life over and over and over again to kill him? Yeah. Just because you didn't pick the right options on the on the, the, uh, the multiple choice. And are you, are you actually bringing somebody back to life if this is a, like, I don't know, if this is a fake dude... Like, he's just a computer program. Like, do you feel bad for him in the story? Should you feel bad for the literal? Like, obviously it's not an AI in in this game. It's just a series of multiple choice questions, I guess. But, like, I don't know. As I was playing it, I was also thinking, like, huh, are we going to need to feel bad for AI and, like, NPCs and stuff in the video games that we play? Like, how far does this extend? Interesting. It definitely made me uncomfortable doing it at the time especially i don't necessarily know if at that point i had a full understanding of what was going on i didn't quite entirely wrap my head around it but it was very a very uncomfortable mission uh to do because he just it's not a real person no right but it's it's a copy it's still something that in a sense has feelings i would call those I think I call those brain copies or brain scans uh, true artificial intelligence. Yes. Because the brain itself is just a whole bunch of electronic signals and pathways and that sort of stuff. It's a giant computer in your head is what the brain is and they've just, these scans are just digital versions of it. Uh, Say your brain, your brain is analog in your head and the scans (laughs) are digital, you know. Yeah. I don't I would not call that living. I would not call it alive. That's a that's a different discussion which I'm sure will happen a bit later on. Yeah. But it's still you're still seeing someone and and killing them and then bringing them back and just trying again and then there's that thought that you mentioned earlier. This has probably happened to Simon. Yeah. An infinite more amount of times. And then you're given the decision once you've gotten the passcode do you want to delete this data or are you just going to leave it there? Yeah, and what does that look like for him? Is it painful? Is it painful to be deleted? I feel like some of the scariest parts of this are implications from the past. Like, how many thousands or millions or billions of digital copied Simons have gone through, like, some kind of eternal torment to get the technology just right? Like, to... to figure out how he behaves in which situations and because i imagine they use this ai stuff for 
all sorts of robotics. And like, is the robot going to behave ethically? Well, let's subject it to some moral dilemmas for 10,000 hours straight to, to get a good baseline understanding because you want it to be statistically sound. And so the, the whole process where you work that guy over to finally get the code out of him, I imagine that happened on like an industrial scale. And this is just like a small little window into that. Hmm. And Simon originally gave the go-ahead as well for his brain scan to be used. I'm sure at the time he had no idea what the future meant. It was just the plan ended up failing and like i think it's a month after the scans or a month after testing or something like that there's a conversation that you can find between munchie and and simon basically on his deathbed on his hospital bed and you know munchie's apologizing for it not working and asks if he can use the scans uh for studying and that sort of thing and he's like yeah sure why not yeah what's the worst that could happen What's the worst that can happen? Where does that sit as like organ donating? Is that is it? Can you can you in the future donate your brain scans as if you were an organ donor? It's just you sign a piece of paper. There's a little tick on the back of your driver's license, <laughs> and then your brains used for you know AI and it's just oh the morals questions the dilemmas it never ends. And like you know it's not going to be as cool as this. It's oh, gonna be. Him. It's gonna be like. Well, we found out that this person died because of a heart condition brought on by their bad diet. Burger King wants to buy <laughs> that person's brain scans to figure out what flavors meant the most to them, uh, and then we can tailor our commercials and our recipes to better appeal to people because uh, this person knew what foods they enjoyed. It's gonna be shit like that. Like, uh, what's what's the way that we can jack into people's brains the best to get them to buy shit? <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be as cool as robots. It's going to be like more addicting fast food. Which, you know what, to be fair, I'm American. I dig some fast food. So maybe, maybe, but um, to my to my loved ones listening to this in the future, if I'm like 90 years old and you're listening to this, microwave my brain. As soon as I oh. flatline, throw that shit in the microwave. You can just throw my whole head in there. Just go until it dings. Uh, I don't want anyone knowing what's going on up here. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, please mi- microwave it and then put it in a blender and then cremate it and throw it out to, sk- to sea. I don't... I am not a fan <laughs> of being uploaded. Nah, I'm a, I'm a sit that one out. Thanks. Mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm-mm. You can clone me, though. Go ahead and clone me. Isn't that the same thing? What's the difference between the clone and 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 your original brain, which is the question that Soma asks, because that's what happens. When, you know, Simon later on has to move into a different, you know, zombie suit because it can't withstand the pressure, and his brain scan is is copied on onto this to this new zombie and that's sort of when it clicks in well for us at least simon doesn't quite it doesn't sink in for simon because he makes the same fucking mistake later on but he's in a high stretch situation i don't blame him but you've given this decision of you have a carbon copy of yourself of your brain sitting in this chair it's gonna wake up in a couple of days do you just leave and they wake up wondering what's going on, or do you kill them? 
and then continue on. And and I think it's important to mention the his like coping uh, like idea with the coin flip. Mm. Do you wanna do you wanna elaborate on the coin flip idea? Because I think it plays into this and his mistake later on that you mentioned. Yeah. So his idea with the coin flip, I think, is an interesting human reaction, as is another one that sort of happens um, with the group that we can discuss. Is when the copy is being transferred he imagines it to be a coin flip as to which version he is that moves forward it's a bit hard to explain his rational for this because it's not rational it doesn't make sense at all when you think about it for like two minutes it makes no sense at all but it's what he's come up with to keep him sane and to keep him his brain from stopping him from going absolutely apeshit and another version that at least the people have come up with or at least one particular guy that has come up with is the continuity theory that so when everybody's getting their scans done this one guy has this beautiful i'll 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 read what I'm going to read you a quote, what he says, because he says it better than I could explain. Did you know that the human body consists of up to 75 trillion individual cells? They typically don't stay with us till we die. Some live a few days, while others live a few years. We're not affected by their short lifespans, as they're replaced by new cells that help sustain our bodies. I don't think anyone would argue that we ever lose our persona due to this process, yet we are clearly in a constant state of transformation. And how do we remain the same? A continuous flow of thought and perception keeps an unbroken chain of continuity that we know of as ourself. Our conscious mind is not the pattern of our brain, but a conscious emergent entity based on that pattern. When Dr. Chan populates the arc, she is capturing a moment of our existence and placing it inside the digital world. Soon you and your digital you will grow apart due to diverging experiences, but for a tiny window, you were the very same. With unbroken continuity, it will live on. A fulfilling life, no doubt. No less real than the one from which it was plucked. Now remember, you are not your body. You are the emergent entity. That entity just happens to occupy two places at once for a while. If you took away your body, you would simply be the only one you can be. You, the in- you inside the ark. Let your body die and continue on in the digital paradise among the stars. The thinking is is that once you've had your scan, kill yourself. (laughs) Yeah. And then you will be continuing on as only you inside the Ark. This is bullshit. This isn't how it works at all. But it's such an interesting and I think understandable jump that these people have made to try and cope. Because shit, what if you're wrong, you know? Oh, whoops. You've killed yourself. What were you going to do anyway? You were at the bottom. You're trapped at the bottom of the ocean in a metal box with, like, however many people are populating the thing at the time. You're just going to grow old and die of eventual starvation down there. It's, you know, to them at least, it's reasonable to be like, yeah, no, I don't. I'm going to grasp hold of these straws and just imagine everything's better in the ark because I don't want to be down here anymore. It's a very human reaction, so. And I feel like I might have differing views on the arc uh, and that whole project than you, but I, I still agree that it's 
it's it's heavy degrees of copium to just mm. be like ah ship of theseus 2.0 my brain is going to the stars but that goes back to what you were saying what's the difference if because you said you wanted to you know clone me is okay destroy my brain but oh, clone me what's yeah. the difference well with that i would say and i feel like i've i've retra- <laughs> i think this is like the third episode now where i've kind of visited this topic and it's kind of fun to to see it reflected in the different video games i think that the core of who somebody is is their their memories and their experiences and so my brain would have all of my like or some of my memories and experiences and how i handled things and life-altering events my clone could be uh, technically they, they'll look like me uh in some shape or another but their their life experience will be totally different and so they'll ironically enough i think they'd be a totally different person and so i'm oh. I, don't, I don't really care if i got cloned but i don't want someone prying into my brain and seeing everything that makes me tick that weirds me out i more. see what you mean yeah. you mean more of like instead of you know having a carbon copy of yourself you more of like Take some stem cells, take some DNA. Yeah. Go ham. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. Don't care no, that about makes that. sense. Whereas as as here it's we're just it's it's like a, a different save, a save state. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're continuing on. What did you do? Did you kill the Simon in the chair? Or did you leave him there? I left him there because I and this is gonna I, I guess this is how I viewed the whole thing. I viewed the robotic life forms as just like i guess this is going to be what counts as life on earth now for humanity and so maybe they can find a way to live meaningful lives down here maybe they can find something to do but it's not my call to to destroy them if if they want to self-terminate or live out their quote-unquote lives that's up to them and so i was like you know what other simon you you make that choice when you get to it and so yeah i left him there i killed him (laughs) i I figured you would i figured you would i killed him because in a sense it's a it's a it's you it's a previous save state of you but seeing how he f- he has freaked out, uh, you know, going through the game up until that point, and knowing that just before you got there, you were running from something. There was there was a monster chasing you down. So you're stuck in this room. You can't go forward because that's why we've gotten into the suit so that we can handle the depth and handle going forward. You can't go back because you've sealed the door and there's a monster out there. When Matt Simon wakes up, he's stuck in this room, in this small little area, wondering what's going on. Where's Catherine gone? Someone's nicked my Omni tool, which is something that is very important for him to get around and to do things. Oh, that is true. He's just stuck there, not knowing what's going on, not being able to move forward and not being able to move back. That is suffering incarnate. I ended that fucker's life because (laughs) I think that is a better thing than to suffer for eternity because he's a zombie he can't die he doesn't need to eat he doesn't need to drink he doesn't even need to breathe that's just something that his body is pretending to do can't he eventually run out of juice though like power wise i don't know because it is the construction gel that's keeping him 
alive for the most part. Yeah. I don't know. But he, you know, it's still like fuck that. Yeah, I, I, I definitely see your your point of view on that too. I don't know. I'm always of the opinion of like, you know, give him give him the option. See if he's got that dog in him. If he can find a way to get out of there, maybe some some opportunity will present itself. Otherwise, yeah, I yeah, I guess that, that sucks. Past Simon, good luck. Um, maybe you'll find a self destruct switch in there. Um, but yeah, I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to do it. And I always think like if I were the previous version of myself, I wouldn't want the future version of me just putting the kibosh on me. Like, give me a fighting chance. Let me make the decision if I die or if I try to live. Um, but I, I wouldn't want that door closed in front of me. So I, I left him alive. I think if the future me is coming back to kill current me, they know something I don't and I'm a trust their judgment. Cause obviously a lot of things have happened for them to get to that point. And what's to say, if I get to that point, I don't come back and do the same thing. Nah, fuck that guy, I'm fighting him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna kick that guy's oh. ass. I'm a, I'm a let that guy, I'm like, uh, am I, is it shit, it's shit? It's shit now, but is it even shitter then? Yeah? Okay, do me out. Just right now. Right now. Do you need me to sharpen your knife? Do you need a gun? I'd be like, Let's you, go. You couldn't find someone else to kill? <laughs> you really had to come kill me, who's you? Just tell me to not do a certain major life event. I feel like that'd be easier. Jerk. But yeah, yeah, that is a that is a a serious moment of like I could be swayed either way though. I, I'm just thinking personally. That's how I would want to be handled if copies of myself were being made. But yeah, in that specific instance, I think you're right. There's a fucking freak monster back there. And I wouldn't want past me getting stuck in like one of those horror, like you're glued to a wall with somatic gel keeping you alive forever deals. Mm. Yeah, that that would be like an eternal hell. So yeah, maybe maybe you're right there. That's what I mean by that. They, they know something. They're like, you know what? No, no, no. I'm tiptoeing it in. Um, but that leads to another question for you. So as you go through the game, you actually find the WoW. Yeah. And you're given the choice to destroy it or not. You're sort of led there by this weird... I can't remember who it is, but it's someone who was heavily injured. Yeah. The WoW tried to bring them back to life and was like, shit, it's not working. Try a higher frequency. It kind of brought them back, but mutated them and gave them a power to teleport, but in the same instance, blew up everybody's heads in the nearby vicinity. Yeah, yeah, The oh, I hate the black boxes. They freak me out so much. That's creepy as shit. Yeah, and for, for those that aren't familiar, uh, every person in this base has like a black box installed in their head. So it like records what's going on, and Simon has the ability to access people's black boxes so that he can basically see like their their last moments like recorded, or he hears them. He hears their last moments, and yeah, there is a moment where the wow screeches a little too high, and it explodes people's heads because of the black boxes inside. But uh, you're you're asking about the wow. Yeah, so you're led down to the WoW and this guy's like, you need to end it because the structure gel that's on you is a virus of some kind. It's There's something different 
about the structure gel that's keeping you alive. Yeah. And he wants you to stick your hand in it and kill the WoW with your structure gel. What did you do? I killed that shit. Oh, yeah. Fucked it right the fuck off. I I don't think it's (laughs) fulfilling its function quite the best. (laughs) It's over. You're fired. Die. Uh, yeah. Another great, a great quote. Oh, it's Ross. Joanne Ross? John Ross? Joan? Not entirely sure. But Dr. Ross is the one that's um, leading you around. But he says, uh, the WoW is reaching out to every machine, every life form to manipulate, to control. It's trying to help, save its creators from all of this, just like the protocol demands. But really, what is good enough? Where is the line drawn for what is human and what is not? Would walking corpses do? Would a group of machines thinking their human be acceptable? We can't trust a machine to know, to understand what it means to be. For me, killing the WoW meant peace for the people that it's keeping alive. Yes. It's knowing that they're suffering and the WoW doesn't know, or doesn't have the capabilities, I believe, to know intrinsically what it means to to be alive because there's a there's a distinctive difference between you know just existing and living and a lot of those bodies are just existing because they're in comas you know they're being kept alive through monstrous means and uh, a couple of them you you find a bunch of bodies and one of them's curled up with a picture of their son you know like they're they're not happy and that's not saving humanity that's not keeping humanity alive that's the equivalent of popping them in stasis in a zoo there's no enrichment there's no nothing they're just they're breathing in and out but is that living yeah there's no going forward from this Mm. you're you're basically taking a picture and saying all right that's it nobody change anything uh we did it Uh, humanity is preserved i've laminated humanity at the bottom of the sea Good job, everyone. Lock everything up so that no water leaks in. High fives all around. Yeah, and I, I agree with you that that's, that's not living. The only two true ways forward I saw for humanity in this was the Ark. And if people, like, whether, whether willing or not, I suppose, but it would have been nicer if it was willing. If people are like, yeah, put me in a robot body. Or, like, scan my brain into a robot body. Humanity is just going to become robots now. It's the only way we're going to survive here. Because the, I feel like the robots can at least experience new things. They can talk with each other. They can interact. They can do something with their new lives, quote unquote. But yeah, the, the people being sustained by the WoW, it's just, it's going to be stagnation until we have some additional system failure at the bottom of the sea and then it all shuts off and the lights go dark. The thing with the second option with robots, I think that could have been a plausible option if if it hadn't come about so suddenly. Yeah. If they had time to actually build the robots and get people's permission and, you know, like, fuck yeah, I want to put me in a robot, let's go. But this isn't, this is people being forced into these shells against their wishes, against their will. And they don't know that they're robots. The only one that you meet 
is Catherine, who knows what's going on. Every other one that you meet is delusional. They think they're still human doing their jobs, or I think there's one robot you meet that thinks they're on the Ark, and basically Simon just lies to her. Be like, yeah, this is, this is the Ark. And you've got the choice to either shut them down or to let them sit there at the bottom of the ocean stuck in one place, imagining that this is the Ark. It's in that particular scenario in Soma, humanity is fucked. It's dead, it's gone, no matter what way you look at it. You do run into one human, one live human through the game, who's guarding the Ark from the WoW, because the WoW has tried to to fuck with it. They, the WoW's like, no, you can't leave. I'm supposed to keep you alive. <laughs> fucking sit down, stay here. Don't go. You're not allowed to go anywhere. And there, she's, you know, she's on life support, just watching over the WoW. I mean, not the WoW, the Ark. And she asks you to to take her life and then to sit with her until she, she passes. And it's that la uh, last human that you know of. You don't know what's happened in the rest of the world. You got no idea. There could be other groups out there, but it is unlikely because the only reason these guys survived is because they were at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, the the situation on the surface is pretty grim. Like, what is it? Just a giant asteroid slammed into the yep. earth? Yeah, like humanity is pretty fucked. It sort of feels like, at least in my eyes, the way that I look at the the Ark and the people. Well. The scans on the Ark is this is this is a simulation of what humanity was. This is a snap a snapshot of what it was. It is no more. It is gone. This is all just a simulation. See, this is this is going to be very goofy that I make this comparison, but it kind of forms my philosophy about the the Ark concept. Um, mm. Have you ever played the card game Magic: The Gathering? I have heard of it. I have collected the cards. I have not played it, but okay. I'm, 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 I'm braced. I'm ready. Okay. Um, I, I used to go to, like, local tournaments and stuff, and, and nothing, nothing big. These are all just, like, low-level, fun-time things. But one of the concepts that I picked up from playing it is that you would play to your outs. You wouldn't play... You wouldn't take the lines of play that had the lower options of losing you would play the ones that had the highest chances of winning. Like, it doesn't matter if you lose more slowly, you still lost. You need to play to win. And so, mm. with the arc plan, I view it as like, this is literally the only shot we have. We've got to hope that something way down the line is going to scoop up our satellite little paradise here and maybe upload our brains to to something whether it's like a cyborg thing maybe there's some sort of weird technology in the future that allows us to interface with new biological bodies somehow but this is like the hail mary and so i get for all intents and purposes i think you're right that humanity in a recognizable form is done but I would hold on to that point zero 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 for infinity, point one percent that somehow humanity can continue by eating us out into space and hoping somebody finds us. I, I don't view humanity staying in space on the satellite as the end goal. I view it as 
giving us a slim chance to continue on into something new. I don't know. Did you view it as like the end goal? I view it as more of a, a picture of what was. Okay. Like an artifact, a snapshot. Yeah. And even then, part of me feels that I I think people in there would go batshit eventually anyway, even with that slim chance, slim, slim chance of, you know, other more intelligent life forms finding it and knowing what to do with it or figuring out what to do with it. That's fair. There's not that many people in there. The only people in there were the survivors, or a handful of survivors that agreed to do it, for one. And then there are two Catherines in there now. What's going to happen when those two meet up and have a discussion? And Simon's in there now, and they're going to be like, who the fuck are you? Where did you come from? I doubt that Simon and Catherine, and Simon especially, won't be able to keep their mouth shut about what happened on their journey to get to where they are and what's going to happen with those conversations that happen and even then there's only so much that they can really do because it is a digital landscape they don't have access to anything new because all they can really do uh in there is like you don't don't, they don't have to work or eat or anything like that but they can create but they'll eventually run out of things to create because there's nothing new being introduced into the environment even if they're floating out there forever and they never get found they'd go batshit from boredom well, what can they all so when you say create what do you what do you mean by that like what can they make up there well it'll be digital nonetheless because you know they're in a digital world they could make they could compose music or paint or fucking crochet or statues or what have you you know make art and content and such like that see if there's only a handful of them i well i guess it it really does all depend on how long yeah you'd probably just go fucking crazy yeah i think no matter what they're going crazy maybe they make a video game and it's a lot of fun play that for a couple hundred years i wonder if they can go into like a deep sleep if they're just like okay i'm bored wake me up when the aliens find us okay. And it's September. And yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it is still a simulation, but how much access do they have to mess with the simulation once they're in there? Can they? It's not really discussed. It's You can do stuff to it from the outside. Um, I think you do mess with it a little bit. Yes, you do. But once you're in there, can you really do anything? Can you change anything? I I just, I don't think, I think Soma is a depressing game with a depressing ending. And the more you think about it, the more depressed you get. <laughs> I was going to say, I was trying to envision life on the Ark just now, and... I tried to spin it in a positive way where I was like, maybe because this is all digital stuff now, maybe people can like have kids up there. Like somehow you can, you can code up a child or whatever. And then I thought about how, since it's so, it's, it is finite. Even if a functioning digital society were created, eventually memory space would start to get taken up. And if this crowded digital society reached some sort of capacity, you would come down to either 
killing people or slowly your world gets smaller and smaller. And that sounds hellish. That sounds like a hellish mm-hmm. dystopia. My little daydream turned into when I was trying to make this a positive thing. So yeah, yeah. it's it's a pretty big bummer. That's why I choose to think that the um, the Simon at the end of the game that uh, quote unquote loses the coin flip, even though there is no coin flip. When Simon makes a copy of himself to go on the ark, he leaves behind a Simon back on Earth too. I like to think that Simon and then Simon that you chose to kill, but I left behind, those guys team up and then they start a robot revolution at Pathos 2 and they kill all the monsters and everyone lives happily ever after at the bottom of the ocean. Ah, that whatever helps you sleep at night <laughs> yeah. with your rose-tinted glasses. Yeah, I'm uh, trying Fuck no, hard. the Simon you left behind is going apeshit. They're finding a way to off themselves. They've left behind. They're alone. There's a giant squid thing out there trying to oh kill you. Oh my god, that fucking thing. You haven't got a working Omni-Tool because the power shuts off. Yeah. You've got nothing. You're going... Bad shit. Let me have this. <laughs> Let me have uh, look, this. You can, you can have it. <laughs> but I mean, look, I'm gonna be back here creeping with you. That's not the reality. Shit's fucked. Yeah. Damn it. All right. I, so I realize I don't think I've asked you like anything. Nope. <laughs> you've you've turned the tables. This is your podcast <laughs> now. Um, I I feel like we've already we we've already broached this topic in a in a sense, but I'll still just throw it out there. Um, do you find the the visuals of this game more horrifying, or do you think it's the concepts? Because for me, having said all this, it's the concepts for me easily. I find it very disturbing and fucked up. I'm going to have to go both. I'm oh, going to have to go with a combination of the two. got to pick one. Because, uh, well, t- I, I can't. You have to pick one, or you have to eat this somatic gel. I'll eat the fucking somatic no! gel then. No, don't eat the somatic gel. Here's the thing. I have aphantasia, right? I don't so know what that word means. Cons- You're making up okay. words. I'm not making up words. I don't have an inner eye. I can't fucking picture shit. I close my eyes. I try to picture things. I just see black. So you tell me this this idea, this, this plot, this fucking story that's going on, and I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. I can't picture it. I can't like put make it tangible but because it's put in a game in a way that i can play through it and i can see it and it's more visceral it adds to what you're hearing to what's being told i don't think in my mind you can have one without the other okay you don't have to eat the somatic gel can i can i have no. a little nibble of it no, anyway you can't, oh, you can't. Fuck. it's so fucking yucky okay yeah. what, what was the scariest bit of the game for you then in scariest not most emotionally upsetting because i feel like those are two well at least for me those are two different things but if we're just talking freaky deaky ah that's really scaring me what do you pick probably the first monster you run into because you're in a state of what the fuck is that what the fuck is going on where the fuck am i there's so many what the fucks now Uh, when you say monster do you mean like the first mockingbird you see or the yes okay i didn't know if you meant like the goopy humanoid well i mean the goopy humanoid dudes are mockingbirds in a sense yeah i suppose uh they're not true mockingbirds but they are mockingbirds um but no the first one that's walking around and it 
It sort of sounds like it's laughing at you as well. Are you talking about the big, like, boxy robot one, kind of? Yeah. That one is freaky. The one just below the, like, when you're going into the communication room? Yes, okay. That one. I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, that one, I, I just, I just, I didn't know. I had no idea what was going on. I think that for me was the the scariest. Mine was, and this is like an easy one. There's a there's a point in the game where I think you have to get attacked by one of the goopy yucky yes. humanoid guys, and he just like he sprints at you. Like there's no way yeah. you could have gotten away. I hate it when things run at me in video games. And they and their sole purpose is to grab you and scream in your face. My soul left my body. I was just like, it's over. I'm, I fucked up somehow. I'm dead. And it just it scared the absolute shit out of me. I might be able to find it on um, on YouTube somewhere. But yeah, that that shit ruined my day. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, those weren't good. Yeah. Otherwise, the giant squid fish monster thingy that's swimming around in the abyss trying to get mm. you that also uh triggers my caveman brain <laughs> where i'm like big monster on the edges of the light i'm gonna get eaten ah uh, he was friend shaped <laughs> he was well i was food shaped apparently to him so <laughs> it's not, not a really good uh intersection of Perception Shapes. between us, yeah. Shape perception, yeah. not compatible. No, I definitely would have to say, I think the bits with the monsters, yeah, that, that, that one running at you, that first one you see, were for me the, oh, shit, fuck, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Those were the, the scariest bits for me. Yeah. One of the monsters, and I forget the guy's name, but it acts in a specific way where if you make eye contact, mm. putting eye contact in big quotations, if you look at him, He'll actually pause, and he won't attack you right away. And it was such a disturbing moment for me, because I just assumed these things were mindless and would just... You know, if they're in front of you and they, they see you, they're going to attack you. But he actually stops for a bit, and then he'll he'll start moving again. And it was such a moment of panic and, like, my brain going a thousand miles an hour trying to figure out, is it my... Is it my flashlight that's stopping him? Is there something in the room that's stopping him? Is he caught on something? And so it was just me and this monster in a diving suit just awkwardly staring at each other from about 10 feet away before he ran up and killed me once he got unstuck. Yeah, no, there's there's one monster that you look away and it sort of ignores you. You look away and you sit still and you wait for him to move by. There's another one where if you make a sound it absolutely books it towards you. Um, they're not they're not fun times, uh, either one. And I've definitely seen some things that are like, the monsters kind of take away from it. I don't like scary games in general. They were scary the first time I saw them. They were scary the last time I saw them, even though I knew this is a video game, I can just go back to a previous save point. Uh, this doesn't fucking matter. Fucking scary. Didn't like it. Not a fan. <laughs> I, do, I do think it's interesting that this game has an option to just turn off, like, what is it, game overs from the monsters? You can just kind of ignore yep. them. That's nice. If you just want to enjoy the story here, because it is a phenomenal story. 
and it lets you explore a bit more because a lot of what's going on you will miss if you're not digging. Yeah. So it definitely helps with that, but I do kind of like the... It, it adds an extra layer to the WoW, I think, because it created these, and it adds that question of why. Well, to keep them alive, Why silly. did it make them? <laughs> why are they violent? Uh, to make sure we round up all the other people and make sure they can stay alive, too. Yeah. I don't like how... I shouldn't say I don't like it, because I actually think it's a really cool, like, bit of world building, but obviously it's very sinister in-game. If you see, like, the the wildlife, they've become infected mm. with the WoW, and it's like, why are you infecting non-human things with this, too, now? This seems like you're going a little bit further with your protocol, and I'm a little freaked out, like at the implications like if we don't kill the wow will it eventually infect everything else that's managing to survive on earth like how far is it going to do that go? anyway even if you kill the wow because there are already mutated creatures are they going to continue to mo uh, mutate and evolve and is life going to eventually return but it's going to be a little bit different because of i mean it'd be different anyway because it's a new fucking evolutionary tree but because the wow has impacted it yeah. tainted it in a sense with the structure gel is it going to continue yeah i'd like to think that the structure gel because you need like some sort of input with the structure gel right for it to be like truly sinister otherwise it's just it's just goop and so i'd like to think that the wow being dead just turns it into harmless stuff and that maybe even the organisms infected with it just either cease to function or they no longer are under its influence, but I guess I don't know enough about it. Gel is encodable and can be calibrated with instructions to accomplish a specific function. The gel can only function for a limited duration if no external sources of electricity provides power. We're safe. Um, we did it. We did it, Reddit. We, we blew up the WoW. It's no longer telling the fish to do crime. Here's a question then. I don't think it necessarily says how much electrical power because- Oh no. The body does produce uh, a little no. bit. We run on power. No. Is the power that the body puts off, those small little blips in the brain, is that enough to keep the structure gel, gel going? That's what I'm that's what I'm worried about because then the destruction of the WoW, like then I mean, I guess you could say that the WoW can't put any new commands into things. No. But even if you destroy the WoW, does that mean that all those little freaks roaming around in the labs, are they just operating off of their old orders forever and then that would extend to again any wildlife as well they're just going to continue on with their little programming that's been put in their brains i think the fish would if we're saying that there's enough electrical power in there to keep it going <laughs> uh the people that the wow is keeping alive will no longer be kept alive because wow's not providing them power because we know at the end power shuts down oh yeah that's right okay so and I think even if the the mockingbirds that are walking around, the ones that aren't tethered, mm -hmm. if they are still walking around, I think they would eventually disintegrate because the wow would be, you know, keeping the building from falling apart, which is, I think, why you see it everywhere and why everything looks a bit warped is because the wow is trying to keep the structure 
together still and it's not there to do that anymore so i think it'd just fall apart yeah the wow is part jailer part janitor but yeah be careful people living in whatever future year do not eat the fish from this area uh, they've got little glowy bits on them, and uh, I don't want to know what happens if, <laughs> if if people start ingesting uh, fish with somatic gel in them with suspicious programming. I feel like they'd be smart enough to not eat something glowing anyway because, you know, bright colors are poisonous and are supposed to deter predators. Mm. Counterpoint, Sour Patch Kids are very vibrant and taste great. So... Yeah. Shit, you got me. Yeah. <laughs> That's the secret. They, they're putting somatic gel in the Sour Patch Kids to ah, brainwash it. fuck. That's what makes them so addictive. That would rule. Anyway, I probably shouldn't. Don't, anybody at Sour Patch Kids HQ listening to this video, or this, <laughs> this episode, do not put the somatic gel in there. It's yucky and possibly evil. Possibly. Possibly. All right, I'm going to... Ooh. I used to feel strongly about this. I don't know how I feel anymore. I've just... Th- this game has so much dread and, like, large-scale, like, implications that my personal grudges have kind of faded away. But I'll, I'll try to I'll try to rekindle my ire for her. Do you think mm-hmm. Catherine's treatment of, quote-unquote, Simon in this is ethical? I didn't like her at the beginning when I first finished it. And it wasn't until I did some thinking and some talking to people and bouncing some ideas around no it's not but i don't think she's an evil person or a bad person or is trying to mislead simon in any way it's stated from the beginning whenever you find anything else anything about her and who she was as a person she didn't know how to communicate then she didn't know how to socialize then she was very awkward and uh, withdrawn and antisocial and, and that sort of thing. So you you couldn't hope for her to fucking figure it out now as a robot because uh, she's still still just a copy of of the brain. Still it's still those same memories and thoughts and how she used to act. It's just a different save state, you know. If it was a different person, I think they would have treated Simon a bit differently. And I didn't like Simon at the start either because I'm like, oh my god, you are such a dumb idiot. <laughs> She's, <laughs> Catherine has told you what is happening. Why do you keep? Why do you keep making the same mistakes? The why? Flip, the why are you acting so normal in this situation? It's because his brain is protecting him. It's because it's forcing him to forget things that would bring him too close to the truth, that would make him like go absol- absolutely ba- uh, ape shit. It's it's shutting off those parts of his brain. Yeah. So knowing what we know, at least about the two characters and their personalities, I don't really think I can fault how either of them act. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you where they give a great in-game explanation for why Catherine gives you the goals that she does and talks the way that she does. And Simon is the compliant protagonist that doesn't question too much. So I, I think you're right. And... I, I used to be a Catherine hater, I'll admit. I would say not nice things about her and blame her for all of my woes. But like I said before, she's playing to, to our out here. She's, she's trying to get humanity to what she thinks would be a, a good spot. 
we wouldn't know those things about her either, about either of them, but mostly Catherine, if we didn't, you know, if you weren't a player that did the digging in the games and finding all of the secrets, reading all the bits of information and finding all those little bits and pieces about who she was. If you didn't know that, she comes across as a right stuck up bitch. <laughs> but there's definitely layers to that character that explains why she acts that way. And she's trying to give Simon all the information, but Simon ain't taking it because his brain's like, nah, 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 I'm on holiday. I ain't here. I am not taking any of this in. And I, I guess the biggest point of contention I had with her during my playthrough was when there's like a little robot going by and she's like, hey, there's a little doodad you can get out of that robot and that'll be helpful for us. I can't remember the exact details. Um, she asks you to get a new Cortex chip and you've got a choice. You can either kill the little the little guy that's been following you around and opening doors or there's another mockingbird that's cruising around who thinks they're a human and they're just going about their day job. You can, you've got a choice to take the, that Cortex from either one and no matter what one you pick, she's like, eh, it's a robot, can't feel anything. Yeah, and I'm like, what the hell? I killed the Mockingbird, by the way. I was Same. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I ain't killing my little buddy. Uh, partially, oh, I'm not killing my little buddy. Other rest of it, uh, I that just seems like torture to be stuck like that. So, see, I I felt awful. I was like, you know, this person seems blissfully unaware. They've they've got a pretty chill life down here but you know if it comes down to you or little buddy sorry i'm ride or die with a little buddy i don't know if he has a real yep. name but i was like i ain't doing that so yeah and yeah i didn't like how callous she was but if her view is that the the mockingbirds are just robots and and i'm sure a lot of people that play the game are like yeah it's, it's a robot kill it um even if it thinks it's a person but i was like damn you couldn't have told Simon, like, wow, I think that was a tough choice for you, uh, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, seemed pretty dismissive. I think it was, if it was any other person besides Catherine, I think that would have happened, but she had no reaction to seeing her own dead body. She knows damn well that she is a brain scan. She's not that Catherine. Yeah. So there's a, she's, she's very easily made that disconnect between what's going on and, and who she is and where she is. What would you say is the main message of this story? Or what did you get out of this the most? That's tough. <laughs> That's tough because I, I don't, at least in my mind, I don't necessarily know if there is a message because I suppose I think, I think that what it says is there is a distinct difference between existing and living and to make you think about what that means to you. There is no happy ending in Soma. There is no positive. It's to make you, the player, think about your own mortality, I guess, and morals and think about what it means to be human and what it means to be alive to you. That answer is still different for everyone. No one's going to come up with the same answer or an identical answer. Yeah. But I think well, that's what I took away from it is what does it mean to me as the player to be alive and to, to, to live? Yeah, I, I think that's pretty similar to what I got out of it. It, re it really made me think about what I consider personhood, what's the most 
important thing when you think of, you know, like, oh, this is a person. A person has this, this, this. And it kind of challenged my my own, like, philosophy on that and how coherent it is. Because going off of my own previous statements and how I've thought about things, I had to reconcile with, like, the existence of the Mockingbirds. And I was like, well, if I consider someone's memories to be the most important part of them, then I guess the Mockingbirds are people to me. And I would feel horrible killing them or, or causing them harm in any way. And so I, mm-hmm. I went through this thinking about, like, do I consider everybody on the Ark a person? I guess. If they've got agency and they've got memories and they're doing things and feeling things up there, yeah, I guess those are people and I should try to help them out. And I'd want to harm as few mockingbirds as I can because they think they're people. But also, you know, is that prolonging their suffering? Are they suffering? Or is this just their new... Is this just what life is going to be like now on Earth? Are the mockingbirds living or are they existing? I guess it depends on the the mockingbird, too. I, I feel like mm. the ones that are that are at least able to move around and, like, talk and shit, I don't... I'd, I'd say they're living. And from an outside perspective, I mean, I'm a guy that walks around a building most of the day. Sometimes I leave it. I stare at a screen for 10 hours a day, and then I go to bed. Like, if, if some outside force looked at me... They might say, look at this weirdo. Like, why does he do that? Like, is that living? He's just doing the same thing most days. I don't know. I, I don't know what it's like for these these little mockingbird guys if that's just their, their lives now. And obviously it's a video game, so we only see a little snippet. They can't program in like a 24 hour uh, or a full week cycle of, hey, some days they go into this room and ponder their existence. Here's the little tasks that they do. We don't really see that. And so I I don't know. I tried to keep an open mind about, you know, what what is life going to be like for these guys? And if it looks different from what I do, oh well. You know, they're doing that same thing over and over again. That's an active decision that you made. You came to yourself. The Mockingbirds didn't. That was a decision that was forced on them. I mean, can they make other decisions i mean the the one in the what is it the dunbat is that what it's called uh yeah the submarine one i mean that one had the agency to fuck off and leave and be like ah i'm a monster and then dove into the ocean like obviously that's awful like that's one of the worst parts of the story for me emotionally but that one had the power to to leave and kind of go off the rails that's just it it, it went off the the rails it's not at at uh in a stable you know what, what what would you call stable but it's not in a it's not sane anymore yeah it, it's gone batshit it's i want to believe that the sentient submarine can eventually calm down and and find itself and and maybe it's not completely insane maybe it's a moment of panic I don't know. I'm an, I'm an optimist with this sort of thing. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm hoping for the best for the Mockingbirds. But I can... If they are completely subservient to some sort of schedule that's been programmed into them, then, yeah, I wouldn't consider that a life. I don't know if I'm necessarily pessimistic about 
what happens or what's happening, but I like to think I'm more of a realist. Yes, yes. About about it. Because it ain't good. That's not being negative. That's just the straight-up truth. It ain't good. Yeah, it's the overwhelming tone of this story is very dark and almost everybody in this is miserable or delusional. I, I think at best, anything you mm-hmm. see in this game is delusional um, or on the verge of death. And then I would say, yeah. hey, if you died, you managed to get out of this horrible situation. Uh, good job. Yeah. Oh, also, AI is scary. That's another message I'll take away from this. Do not give too much uh, power to AI because you don't know how they're going to interpret uh, your your orders or directives or whatever. Yeah. Which I don't, I don't want to get political, but there's been a lot of AI in the news and current events and shit. I don't know, we can get... Uh, that was more of a throwaway joke line. I don't care if you want to talk about... They, they Apparently, stuff. apparently, someone told ChatGPT to go and hire someone to get past a capture code, and it did it, and it worked. Wait, like, a monetary transaction went through to, to allow this? I don't know if it was monetary, probably, but a- apparently... Huh. Apparently, that's I don't I don't know how fucking true it is. That's something that I heard on a different podcast that isn't this one. There's other podcasts. How dare I listen to other podcasts? I know. know. (laughs) Yeah, it's and I saw like I think it was fuck was it Bing? Bing has a chatbot, right? And I've seen I've seen that one like mouth off on people like say like basically threaten them with like legal action or something. If they're doing things that it doesn't agree with, uh, Discord has a has a chat bot. Clyde, he'll just make shit up. He'll just lie to me because I, I think the the priority is customer satisfaction versus accuracy when it comes yeah. to inquiries. And so I asked it. I asked it about this podcast. Actually, I was like, who who runs the No Player Connected podcast? And it gave me the it gave me like a game dev studio and i was like oh that's that's very interesting did i did i accidentally take a name from a pre-existing podcast i thought i checked that but maybe not i looked it up it's a game dev studio and then i'm like all right what are some games that this uh, dev studio has worked on Clyde on Discord and it was like oh uh, keep talking and nobody explodes and I was like oh I've heard of that game before I looked it up game dev studio had nothing to do with it and so <laughs> Clyde was just fucking telling me what I wanted to hear or at least what he thought I wanted to hear and so yes. there's, there's a lot of interesting things when it comes to the, the morality of that obviously you've got the whole um, AI artwork uh, situation as well that's a fun one. Do you have any hot takes or things you want to get off your chest about that? So I have opinions. I do. Specifically when it comes to art AI, I don't really have ones when it comes to, to chat GPT. I think that AI, especially these generators, have their place. And it's the people abusing them, not necessarily the AI itself that is at fault. For me, I see the art generators specifically as a tool, as something similar to like painting a still life or, you know, having a one of those little wooden dolls you can pose to 
for how you want or going out and taking a picture of something and then painting the picture. For me, AI art generators are an extension of that. Going back to my entire personality trait of aphantasia and an artist, I find it difficult to put together what I want to draw, what I want to create, what what I want to get on the page, and it gets very frustrating. But I can type into an art generator what I want, and it can throw some images back at me, and then I can sort of use that as a reference image. Yeah. Um, and it's not it's not like people don't do that already when it comes to putting together collages of taking bits and pieces from other um, artworks or photos or what have you, meshing them into some collage, resizing them, colouring them a little bit, and then using that as a reference image. I see no issue in using AI for something like that or for people who have disabilities, and that is a way for them to have access to art, to create art in the digital landscape, because inputting the, the way that you input what you want into an AI is an art form in of itself, for it to give you exactly what you want, what descriptors to use, keywords and phrases and tags and things like that to get it to pump out what you want. It's not just, please draw me a duck. You know, you've got to give it more than that. And I think that can be a very helpful tool. I think as a tool, it is very useful, but I definitely think people can, will, and have abused the fuck out of it. Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of artists that have just said like, yeah, this is stealing artwork and then or it, it trains off of stolen artwork and then regurgitates it. I, and Emma has uh, expressed a similar thing about the using it as a reference is one of the like acceptable uses of it. I don't think it should be the final product for anything, especially something commercial. No. I think that's literally profiting off of other people's work and so i'm i'm not too cool with it i've thought about like maybe if you were just like playing with like maybe a tabletop rpg group and so it's with a small group of people and you just typed up like a description of a location you guys are at just for added Mm. immersion but yeah i would never want it to be something commercially available where like oh an ai made this for me buy it and as an educator i'm a little worried um, mm. I'm a little worried about my my students using chat GPT to phone in all of their writing assignments that they might have. And God, dude, I don't know. Like, it just, it kind of sucks that we have to be in an arms race of, do we have software that can detect AI generated text now? And I don't want to, and it's just not feasible to ask every kid now, what did you mean by that? <laughs> With every essay. And yeah. they wouldn't be able to explain. I already have kids that are Googling things and just copying and pasting. And that's a bit of a nightmare. If this becomes more widespread and people are just having AI generated essays, I mean, shit, dude. It's, I, yeah, I don't know. It. <laughs> I'm not very this optimistic This is the next step up it. from people getting, teachers getting upset when I was going through school of, why are you using Wikipedia? Don't fucking use Wikipedia. This is the next step up from I that. tell my kids Wikipedia is great so long as you don't copy and paste from it and you look at citations. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. If you understand what's being said and you can look at the citations that have been used on the Wikipedia page, you do some a, a little bit of research of your own. That's fine, mm. but yeah, this we are now offloading our own thinking and labor onto AI 
which I think could be a bit dangerous. Obviously, we've been using machines since like the dawn of mankind to make work easier. And I'm, I'm just going to yeah. head that argument off at the pass and say we've never just... Okay, maybe... We, calculators, all right. You know, I'll give you that one. Computer's pretty cool. <laughs> but you... You're still inputting things. Yeah, yeah, you're still inputting things. We're reaching a point where you're just taking a sentence in front of you. You don't even need to read it. Copy it, paste it into a thing. Hey, write an essay about this. There's, there's no thinking going on at that point. I think that opens up a bigger kettle of fish though in the sense that education systems and number of teachers to students and every kid learns differently and there's no way that every teacher can properly teach every student sometimes you know there are absolutely kids that are going to be like i don't get this this my teacher's not explaining it to me they're not going to fucking notice the sheer amount of times i know i went into a test having crammed the night beforehand knowing damn well that you shouldn't do that and i've come out the other end fine is ai is part of the problem i would not call it the entire problem but it is part of the problem and again it goes back to people abusing it the wrong way not necessarily the ai itself yeah and and i'll i'll get off my soapbox after after this i'll just say that you could also say it's just a, a widespread abuse of ai for for doing schoolwork is a symptom of a of a failure in the educational system and it isn't necessarily like the end-all be-all evil mm -hmm. they can be used for perfectly constructive useful things but it should not replace your own ability to think about stuff yes oh my god this this episode has been a fucking we have tackled some grim stuff do you want to talk about thacelophobia something that can cheer us up is that the thing when you're afraid of things underwater hell yeah it is i don't think i have it oh fuck no i don't i think there's people that get like really freaked out by it and i'm i yeah. think there's a healthy fear there like like right now i'm in i'm in an area of the game where it's a metal walkway and then on either side it's just black like if i jumped over i would just be drifting in a, in a black void if i look up it's just like slightly lighter blue I guess, but I'm not like nauseous or freaking out. I just have a healthy aversion to going overboard. Yeah, I love the ocean. Big fan. Grew up by it. I have no fear of being <laughs> underwater or of things in the water. Really? Absolutely none. For me, my favorite gay parts of Soma was when you were underwater. I was gushing about how pretty it was, how great the atmosphere was. And I understand those underwater bits for a lot of people were probably more scary than being inside. And I'm like, nah, this is fucking great. <laughs> part of the reason I loved Bioshock so much, part of the reason I loved Subnautica so much, I have, like, there's definitely that fear of the unknown, but I think the fear of the unknown is very different to the fear of the ocean in general. And yes, there are big, scary things of it. I have a healthy, fearful respect, I suppose, of the ocean because it is so big and so deep. And there are things in there that can kill you and that, you know, want to come for your toesies. But as a sense of things in the ocean, I will just gladly dive in headfirst and let it take me. <laughs> All right. I, for me, it's it's the combination of... And, and I would say I'm, I'm fine with swimming. I haven't gone to the ocean since I was a, a, a little guy. I'm normally comfortable going into 
bodies of water. It's just the idea of you know on land you can you can usually see what's what and big mm. big things can't really hide from you that well like they're just they're big mm-hmm. they stand out and so my brain just kind of goes wild with imagining what could be underwater because it's just such a much larger space that things can dwell in and so obviously it's not rational but uh you can imagine all sorts of freaky things in the water and i actually started swimming in um lake superior pretty regularly around the time that i played soma and i was having a great time swimming around and then i met just out of nowhere i imagined the anglerfish monster from this and i just because it's the water's black where i'm like where i'm swimming like once you get out there you can't really see too far down and so it's dark and it's cold and I'm like, oh god, I need to get somewhere where my feet can touch the ground. Um, I need to, I need to calm down a little bit because I, obviously it's not fucking real. It's not there, but it's still just like some little primal fear uh, rattling around in my skull. I'm like, whoa. Or more realistically, there could be a snapping turtle somewhere that wants to to get me. But I was at the beach one time and I was, you know, out swimming and this was in relatively close to you know people the pier all that sort of stuff and i looked down and a big ass stingray swam underneath me and i'm like oh mm, okay it wasn't a panic or a or a fear it was just a i should probably get a bit shallower yeah see i i have a complicated history with the water um i i almost drowned as a kid I was wearing mm. I was wearing a little you know like those uh, those tube things that go around you. It looks like a tire. Yeah. I was wearing one of those like all day as a as a little kid, and I took it off. But I'd been wearing it so long, it felt like it was still on me. And I'm a stupid fucking kid. I was like, oh, you know what? I'll jump back in one more time. And there was like barely anybody outside at the pool, and so my dad had to jump in and get me out of there and then i still remember this i watched this shitty sci-fi movie where a guy spliced human and shark dna together so now it was like a shark man that could go into inland bodies of water so nowhere was safe mac he could be anywhere he could be in the pool and i had a i had a very vivid nightmare of him being in that same pool that i almost drowned in and so i was like pretty scared of swimming and then uh, it's only until i was like well into my adult life that i started swimming again uh and like getting comfortable with it but i'll still have those random moments of like either imagining something under the water or you know maybe something's gonna happen i'm gonna get tired and i'm gonna start uh I'm going to start going down. So I, I'm not so much afraid of open water as I just imagine the worst possible thing happening to me when I get in the water. Uh, I had an opposite situation in the sense that I used to pretend that there was a shark that would live what? where I would frequent swimming and I was best friends with it. That's adorable, but also yeah, <laughs> you're a freak. You're, you're an ally of the sharks. No, sharks rule. <laughs> sharks rule. Dolphins are the ones Dolphins you gotta be scared of, not sharks. Evil! They're so fucking evil. They are so evil. Oh my god! I don't want to get into it because it can get pretty no, yucky. No. But yeah, that, don't trust yeah. dolphins. They're don't trust dolphins. Yeah, sharks are misunderstood and have like poor eyesight. Dolphins are mm-hmm. literal psychopaths. Evil. Yes. 
Um, Soma would be so much scarier if there was a... Oh, so much scarier. An infected dolphin. Oh, God. Yeah, like, Uh, maybe the wow is, like, humanity isn't worth it. Uh, I'm switching to dolphins. Oh, God. That's that's terrifying. I don't like that. Mm -mm. No, that... That's scarier than what the game already is. Have you seen that picture of a dolphin where it's, like, in the dark, but its eyes are, like, glowing? Like, someone took a picture of it? I have not, but I can picture... I I, I can, um... Uh, yeah. I don't think I need to. I'm finding it right now. I'm just gonna do this on my phone. Oh, it's the first result, baby! Okay. It, oh! Yeah! Ah... <laughs> uh. Mmm. Mmm. Yeah, no. He's just looking at you, and you know, you know they're smart. Oh, there's murder in those yeah, eyes. Yeah, they're, they're thinking about crimes. Ah, uh, so many crimes, war crimes. So okay, here. So we're not we're not necessarily afraid of thassalophobia, like big open water. Are you afraid of big things underwater, or are you afraid of small things. small things, small little freaks? Okay. Yep. Small things that I can't see. Big things, fine with. I can see it. I can see it coming. So it's fine. Small things, don't like small things. No. Now, I don't know if that's just a me thing or if it's ingrained in Australians. (laughs) Because uh, I'll use spiders as an example. The big ones are harmless. The small ones can kill you. Yeah. So the... And I think it also goes to that fear of the unknown. I am not a fan of of the small things. Mm -mm. Huh. I, I'm I'm the opposite where like I'll, obviously I don't want to get stung or bit or whatever but I think my brain would snap in half if anything larger than like a turtle paddled past me in the water I would I would chimp out pretty severely I have a weird reverence and then also like fear of just really big things so I think I would I would freak. Yeah, no one, no one gift me a great white shark or a whale shark or anything. Um, I won't be. Oh no, won't those be are happy. friendly. Yeah, I w- oh yeah. They are so friendship. Yeah, they. I know they're harmless, but I would, I would, in person, I'd be like, oh my god, I'm dead. On one final, actually, happy note here, but I wanted to, I wanted to celebrate your. Um, so you have like Canadian citizenship now, like you passed the test and everything. I, I haven't officially. Nothing is official. I have sat the test. I did well on the test, but nothing is official. Um, but yeah, it's. I'm not jinxing myself. I'll jinx it for you. But I did okay on the test. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll jinx it for you. I'll, I wanted to. I wanted to celebrate you at least doing well on the test because I know that was something that you were uh, you were uh, nervous about. Panicking you about. Yeah. I knew you'd crush it too. I told you. You'd crush oh, thank it, you. So. <laughs> Um, I had the utmost faith, but I wanted to know, like, the the comparison between Australia and Canada, like, what is, what has that been like? If you're willing to talk about it, if it's a... Oh, I'm so willing okay. to talk about it. Okay, I didn't know it. if, like, you know, some shit went down in Australia, you no. had to change your name, come to Canada. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, 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 nothing, nothing that, that dramatic. Uh, we can blame Trash Husband for, for me being here. It's been an experience. It's, it's been challenging in ways that you wouldn't expect it to be challenging because you'd think it'd be pretty easy. And not only am I going from one English speaking nation to another, I'm going from one Commonwealth country to another. You know, they're very similar in a sense, on the surface, at least. But there are definitely nuances that are that hit me harder than I thought they would. Language, surprisingly enough, has been one. Uh, 
sometimes people don't understand me, which is weird because I have been uh, teased in the past when I was in, you know, in school for having an American accent or a sarcastic accent. Really? So I thought I'd be, yeah, so I thought huh. I'd be fine when I came here. But no, apparently people uh, can't always understand me. Um, they think my E's and my A's sound the same. It, it's, and just the way of talking as well, Australians are very laid back. We're very slang heavy. We swear a lot. We insult a lot. Our language, I suppose, is much closer to to British when it comes to those little bits and pieces. But we are closer to the States here. So yeah. there's definitely that. There's been some, some times where I will, you know, casually throw out some slang and people will look at me like I've grown two heads. <laughs> Even I catch uh, Trash Husband off occasionally with me saying stuff. And we've been together for like a decade now, you know. And he's still like, what the fuck? I've never heard you say that. And I'm like, what? Do you have an example? Throwing a throwing a wobbly. I, or through a wobbly. I assume that means you uh, having a tantrum? Yes. Okay, that seems easy. You're throwing something. Happy as Larry. Larry is probably very happy, so I just very happy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Uh, Tucker, Grub. Tucker, wait, wait. Those are two separate, right? Yep. Well, they mean the same thing, but they're separate. Oh, really? I assume. Well, when I hear Tucker, I assume like you're tired. That is one version of it, yes, but there's another one. Oh, and then Grub, I assume, is food or eating. So Tucker is also food. Oh, okay. I didn't know that one. In, in in the song Waltzing Matilda, he talks about a tucker box, which is a little bit like a lunchbox or a food oh. box. I still call tomato sauce tomato sauce instead of ketchup, and people look at me like they don't know what tomato sauce is. Cut the episode. It's done. We've gone off the rails. Tomato <laughs> sauce. What the hell? I know. <laughs> Who the fuck would know what that is? And there's definitely... Uh, uh, foods here, you know, foods are a bit different. There's stuff that I can't get here, which I do miss, and occasionally Aww. will order in a big box of Australian snacks. <laughs> and the big, the biggest one for me, though, was they don't include GST in the price here. It's added on at the till. So if I, in Australia, if I see something in a shop and it's got a little sticker next to it that says $2, I can take that thing That's and a $2 coin... <laughs> up to the fucking counter and be like, here you go. And they're like, cool, cheers. And I can walk off. I see that thing here that's $2 in Canada. I go with my fucking toonie. I'm like, can I have this? All right, that'll be $3.15. Fuck off. That that one gets me. <laughs> so it wasn't the weather. It was like the, the fucking the sales tax. Yep. Nice. No, the weather's fine. Um... I thought snow would get me. Just wear layers, you fucking oh, twat. It's not that. God. It's not that hard. Oh. It's really not that hard. And also, it it's it's very. I, I actually found it a breath of fresh air because um, I grew up by the ocean, which yeah. means you're going to get all four seasons in one day because the ocean winds will blow all the weather away. Don't listen to the fucking forecast. It's not going to tell you what you want. It'll say one thing, it's going to be another. Don't listen to it. So if I know that we're coming into summer here, we're going to have hot weather. We're coming into winter, it's going to be cold, and it eases you into it. It doesn't be sunny in the morning, pissing down with rain in the Arvo, and then sunny again two minutes later. 
I'm I am a little bit grateful for that. Plus snow, frozen water. That is true. That is what that is. I just got done with a absolutely miserable winter here. And so I'm like I'm over it. I'm I'm pissed off at winter. I never want to see it again. I'll probably get sick of summer. No, I won't get sick of summer. That's when I'm off of work, but I'm looking forward to summer, but I think the reason I like winter here um, and I, I do, I get sick of it like the fucking rest of you, but it means that all of the bugs aren't active. And like I mentioned earlier, it's the small things that scare the shit out of me. I am petrified of ticks. Oh yeah, ticks are, ticks will fuck you up too. Yeah. I am petrified because they've got like, not only have they got like the small ticks here, they've got deer ticks, which are massive. Yeah. I'm like, look, take me, send me back to Australia. I will tackle all of the wildlife, which I have done before. I have fucking stories about me facing off against a tiger snake. Like, I will take those. I'll take the huntsmen's. I'll take swooping season. I'll take all of that. Just keep me the fuck away from those ticks. If if you were given the option, either go, go into Soma and deal with the moral quandaries or have a bucket of ticks dumped on you. Soma. Okay. I, now I know your one weakness. Splendid. It, it only took me two episodes, but I, I got there. <laughs> but yeah, I have a... Okay, I'm, I don't know if you'll feel, how you'll feel about me sharing this. I had a friend, I'll, I just won't say the name, that um, got Lyme's disease from a tick back in high school. And he was in a bad way. And he... Our gym class, the teacher's like, yeah, you can just turn in, like, worksheets for this because obviously you know you can barely fucking mm. move you're in bad shape <laughs> and they failed them anyway ah <laughs> oh, like, i love that yeah. um, so I, I think of that every time people talk about ticks and lyme's disease and stuff i'm just like and they can cause academic pitfalls well i i have uh, well it's more of a, a friend of a friend uh, an acquaintance in australia that caught lyme disease from a tick bite and a lot of people didn't believe them because a lot of doctors don't believe that there are ticks in Australia. <laughs> what? So, you know, I won't go into how miserable that was for them. They're doing much better now. Uh, after many a year and many a doctor. But, yeah, don't like ticks. I'm just fucking scary. It's only recently that if I see one crawling up my leg, I don't just freak out and, like, flick it. I'll be <laughs> very, like, okay, off. pick it up, you know, <laughs> flush it down the loo. I'm a lot more, like, okay about it. But when it first happened, I was like, ah, shit, fuck it, I've got to It's over. It's over. I'm dead. I've died. Yeah. And this coming from someone who was under a house, had a very small spider crawling up their leg, couldn't tell you what kind it was, and smashed it with a hammer. Oh. That does mean I smashed my my leg with the hammer. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Was, <laughs> fuck, dude. That's pretty gnarly. Oh. God. I don't know where to go from here. We've, we've gotten into the creepy crawly territory. I didn't Oh, I, didn't I can continue down this path. I can go very far down that path, but we'd be here all day. What, what do you think is going to be our next episode, Mac? Have I, have I scared you off yet with my no, robot I will, sympathies? Uh, no. Have, have, have I uh, been... Have, have I scared you off getting me back for more with my fucking opinions and ridiculousness and unable to form a coherent sentence? 
for about five minutes before I finally get something out. You know you you were, but then you were a fellow dolphin hater, and so now I know ah. you're, you're good people still. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what you'd have me back for. I, I've, I've run out of games that are good talking points that I'm knowledgeable on. <laughs> you know what I want to see? I want to get Trash Husband to finish playing Soma. And then I want to have, like, I, I want a roundtable discussion oh, of opinions <laughs> on Soma because he has the complete opposite opinion to us. Wait, what? Uh, what do you mean by And he that? hasn't even played the game. Uh, Trash Husband is very adamant that as soon as it's available, upload his brain onto the internet. He wants to be uploaded. He wants to be body parts exchanged out for cybernetics. See, here's the thing. Like, I, I get that. I'm so afraid if you do that, some dickhead's gonna spill their coffee on a server somewhere, <laughs> and now you're just experiencing like a million years of pain and suffering in a nanosecond, and then you like glitch out of existence, and then that's it. Like I just oh yeah, I, I'm cool with like cybernetics, so I think that's badass. So, but yeah, this was this was lovely as always. We're two for two on fun episodes, I think. All right. Can I, can can I, I say you? it? Is it can, time? Is yeah, it time? Say the Is line. it time? <laughs> Is it, I can do it. Say the line. Oh, yeah. NPC, you later. Lovely.